0: There's just so much bad news for our species. And how do we cope? How do I cope? And how do I navigate all those minefields? And along the way, I found some some tools that actually helped me. Also, I invite the reader to go on their own immediate introspection about their own feelings and their own calls to action because at the end of the day, it's up to each of us to honor our own personal calls of action.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the Art of Attention. I'm Darren Larson. It's really easy to get overwhelmed by the scale of our environmental challenges, to the point of not really even knowing where to begin. Our attention usually goes towards the ways we disagree, instead of on the things we could all be doing now. Cheryl Lugin has a refreshing take to offer. In her book, Love Earth Now, The Power of Doing One Thing Every Day, Cheryl shares ways that she redirects her anger, fear, and hopelessness into doable, tangible action and even a renewed sense of hope. She doesn't tell readers what they should do. Instead, she invites all of us to find ways to respond that line up with our values and the messy details of our lives. In this conversation, we walk through the specific ways Cheryl has found to use humor, and a deep earnestness to stay engaged and to discover what she and each of us can do to affect meaningful change in the world, starting right now. Cheryl Lugin, welcome to The Art of Attention. Thank you. What I'm thinking about is how the world has gotten so much more distracting, that's one way to put it, and there's so many things competing for our attention. And I'm interested in people who have decided not to wait for the world to sort itself out before they're willing to kind of jump in and come up with strategies. How do I respond to these challenges? What can I do to strengthen my attention or decide what to notice more instead of leaving it up to chance or um, the mercy of the skill of some of these persuading voices we're inundated with, right? That makes sense? Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, absolutely, and and in fact, if they were more persuading, then maybe we wouldn't have to do our own journeys. But I I haven't found one that's that's persuaded me yet.
1: Yeah, and if and even if they're not persuading us, they're provoking us. I guess it's like I, mm-hmm. we talk about information overload, and I think that's actually an outdated term. It goes way beyond information. It's provocation, doing all kinds of things to hold our attention, right? There's Mm -hmm. a there's a profit being made by gripping our attention and holding it. So
0: right. And it's becoming more and more difficult to hold it because we're, we're constantly being distracted. So it's more difficult to pay attention to
1: anything for very long. Exactly. And that's why I think that we're kind of experiencing something like When the culture changed, people had more sedentary jobs, and we Mm -hmm. gradually discovered we needed to exercise our bodies more, right? Right. Something's happening related to attention in a similar way, where we're realizing, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to exercise my attention. I'm going to have to decide what I'm going to pay attention to. So Absolutely. So as I'm reading your book and thinking about how this applies to your work and your interests and what I see you putting out there in the world, I see you being willing to let us have a glimpse in how how you're responding to the challenges, the things that grab your attention emotionally, the things that reveal your values and how you're responding. And I, I hear you doing that with humor. I was yes. I was actually thinking <laughs> a, of, I was you, thinking
0: maybe, you know, there may be times where I'm <laughs> revealing too much, more than you want to know about what's going on in my mind about all these things. But yes, that's
1: well, exactly think, what... But the I think humor does, humor helps though, right? Helps, such there are sure such serious me. issues. <laughs> well, it reminds <laughs> me, does Irma Bombeck, do you remember Irma Bombeck? Yes. So, absolutely. So I hear, I, I get a little bit of Irma back I get a little bit of um, John Cabot Zen recommending that we let everything become our teacher. I get a little bit of serenity prayer, like what can mm-hmm. I accept and what can I change and how do I tell the difference? As I'm reading you I keep coming up against these kinds of qualities or aspects to what you're what you're sharing and well how would you describe your book the book is called love earth now
0: yes it is it's it's a collection of essays my own personal struggles and stories about how I have endeavored and tried all sorts of ways to find meaning in the difficult times in which we live and especially in light of all of the news about the dire reports about our planet you know 11 years left to turn things around and sixth great extinction of so many species and the garbage you know it's just there's just so much bad news uh, for our species at least and how do we cope how do I cope and how do I navigate all those minefields and along the way I found some some tools that actually helped me and so my goal is to share those with readers and also at the end of the chapter I invite the reader to go on their own immediate introspection about their own feelings and their own calls to action because at the end of the day it's up to each of us to honor our own personal calls to action.
1: That's right and I could relate to I'm a person who I feel my feelings strongly. I always have and I've been (laughs) working with mindfulness over the last 17 years. I've actually tried to work on that as a skill, something I could do more skillfully, uh, regulate my emotions, be aware of my emotions. And I hear in you also navigating that in a a similar way, uh, in Mm -hmm. your own way, right? Noticing that the things that you're hearing about, reading about, observing yourself it's, there's a heartbreaking aspect and you're kind of Absolutely. letting us watch and hear <laughs> and feel along with you. And then, then you're inviting us to consider how might we regulate our own emotion? How might we consider our options for reacting and responding?
0: I, yes, I I love that analogy. There's a heartbreaking happening because that's exactly how I feel. So often I'm I, I have two children and You know, that's my greatest impetus for writing and finding a a way to make meaning and find purpose because I want there to be a world for them. I want there to be fresh air and sunshine and clean water to drink.
1: I remember our grandparents talking about leaving the world in a way that our grandchildren could thrive. It feels like that Mm -hmm. message is heard less, I guess, these days, but I think it's still a very human impulse to consider longer than just my life, right, into my my kids and my, my children's children.
0: I believe so, yes. Yeah. And, and even I know friends who don't have children of their own, but, you know, they have uh, nieces and nephews they're very close to. I see a deep connection and deep concern across the board of people I know for the next generation.
1: Yeah, that's right. And something about aiming your gaze in that direction seems to be a better than just aiming it for what I can get out of um, my life this week or something, especially the from the consumer aspect, right? Right. I really like the, you call them um, love earth invitations. Some, yes. You might call them reflections or an invitation to uh, meditate or contemplate something. Would you be willing to recall maybe an example of the many you give in your book, how you connect your own personal experience to that invitation for the reader to reflect in their own way.
0: Hmm. Well, I think a very simple, relatable example is my experience with phone books. I have repeatedly put in requests to opt out of the phone book, and yet they still arrive on my doorstep, and it just is such a flagrant reminder to me Mm. of the needlessness of uh, so much of what we produce and put out there people don't want I
1: haven't
0: looked a number up in the phone book in in a long time and they require a lot of paper and a lot of resources and delivery and all of that and it's just sitting there on my doorstep reminding me of all of these things and I tend to lose it so I go through my whole process of dealing with the phone book and and reading about the phone book and at the end of the day I I have to get myself out someplace into nature and an experience happens that really takes me out of my mental processes and my triggered emotional responses because these are all things that are upwelling from prior experiences how furious I get seeing a simple phone book and this experience of being in nature being present takes me out of it takes me back to what's important and um, what's my call to duty and, and what do I need to let go right and so at the end of that chapter I ask readers, do you have an environmental hot button, something that makes your blood boil, at the first mention of it? And then I, I uh, offer a simple reflection, close your eyes, breathing, imagining kind of experience so that it goes immediately back to, to the reader because ultimately the goal of my book is to inspire all of us to reflect on what's important to us and how do I deal with things that I can't handle, I can't respond to, and how do I have the energy to do the work that I am here to do?
1: Yeah, thank goodness I'm hearing more and more voices out in the world from psychologists and experts who are encouraging people to feel their unpleasant feelings. I feel like your voice gets added to that. I think of Susan David, who talks about how we don't want to rush to get rid of or numb things like our fear and sadness and anger. Right. Right? It's mm-hmm. they, they reveal our values. And then we can, those feelings are not necessarily something we have to reflexively respond to. We can feel them. And then, I you know, I appreciate my unpleasant feelings because it reminds me, points me back to what I need and what I value. And then, then we can start doing the work that you're talking about, which is how can i decide how to respond where can i put my attention that i don't feel as exactly. over, right because i hear that's what it's i about hear you saying having it's,
0: that conscious choice about how to respond to something as opposed to these knee jerk reactions that we have based on years of who knows what experiences
1: exactly yeah
0: and then you're then you're not in control you're not in charge you're not in, able to make your conscious decisions about how am i how am i going to respond how am i what am i going to let go
1: right I'm concerned. I don't know how sustainable outrage is as our only option. I think it's got a place, but I think there's got to be a little more strategy. And I think that pausing and mindfully deciding to incorporate some of these ideas of feeling our feelings and making a conscious decision, I think can help. There's also something I'm curious to hear what you think about this. Cause I say this kind of a lot in my speaking and coaching. There's this, tendency we have when we see something that's either wrong in the world, I, I think it applies to in ourselves as well. We want the world to be better and we want to be better version of ourselves. And I think those are great things to help us decide how we want to act in the world. But there's something that I think we can also love the world. We can also love the world in its imperfect state. We can also accept ourselves or practice accepting ourselves as we are it's like simultaneously improving and accepting mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right it's, it's delicate
0: that's that's you yeah, know the book, name of my book is love for earth now right now as it is mm. right here and now yeah i mean now is where we live and coming back to our hearts it's a better feeling place for for me to take action because i love my community i love the tree outside my my window. I love my family. I'm going to make these choices based out of love. Yes, outrage is is important, and, and and it's just natural. It's a natural mm-hmm. response to things that are upsetting, and and so it's important to me to feel that feeling and give it what I call the light and air that it needs to compost. Because because burying things, you know, without oxygen, they don't. It doesn't. And
1: right, it doesn't so, work, does it? Yeah.
0: So give it that that space and then it's important to me to reconnect with the present because the outrage is, as I said, it stems largely from things that have happened in the past. It's just like the piling on Mm that really makes it so powerful, a feeling. So I I give myself the time and space to feel that feeling and then I have to reconnect with the present and be right here, right now, what's happening right now.
1: And you talk about nature as helping you do that. Is there any other things you suggest or that you discover in your own exploration of what allows you to reconnect with the present?
0: Oh, it can be anything. It can be something as, you know, just taking a look around and I like picking something up because it's very tangible as opposed to the tendency is if looking around you're still thinking, but you know, picking something up and really noticing it.
1: Right, engaging your senses I guess is how I frame mm-hmm. that too, right? So is sure. what can I what can I do to engage my senses? the present can sound so abstract i think we mm-hmm. we talk, when we talk about it in kind of that's true. a certain that's language true. right one of the things i'm critical out in the world of mindfulness is that sounds so abstract and then the reality is it's it's as simple as touching a paperclip or yeah. uh, feeling the breeze or noticing the temperature of the room hearing sounds of birds i think it doesn't have to be something necessarily beautiful to connect with the present we connect with some sensory detail that's available mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So then when you feel your feelings and bring your attention back to the present, which I think a kid could, we could say that's enough. That's a really great place to start for people who are listening. Uh, yes. Feel your feelings and reconnect with your senses could be a, a project that you just did only those two steps. Like you could try that for weeks, months, years, and just see how that impacts your your experience. But what do you recommend after those steps?
0: Well, for me this is where I ask for guidance. When I'm truly present and I aired my feelings, I'm truly back to present, then I ask of, you know, Earth, God, Universe, Divine Intelligence, Allah, Goddess, you know, insert your appellation of choice. What, mm. what, if anything, am I to do about this news? And, and why is this showing up for me right now? And be still with that. And trust that, answers come when they come it's not going to be right here right mm-hmm. now it's not going to be a lightning bolt rarely yeah lightning bolt oh, okay i get it i need to go out and start a fund to uh, save the wolves just set that that question out into the ethers resist the temptation to think of any right answers and notice just be uh, in a state of noticing what what comes in the hours or maybe maybe months yeah to come it may be drifting off to sleep or so often, you know, like tripping over something. I was like, oh, what was that? Okay, I get it.
1: Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like,
0: or, or standing in the kitchen wondering, what did I come in here to get? Yeah. You know what I need to do about the phone book is.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> you know, right, right. That like, is how the, we work, isn't it? I think yeah, it's exactly, how we work.
0: It is for me.
1: <laughs> well, and I think maybe I, I think what I relate to, I think every once in a while I find myself Acknowledging I'm at the end of my limits or at the end of my abilities, yes. it feels like it at least. Yes. And I think it, I think I frame phrase it in terms of help me, like more of a help, help. You know, it really is human to reach out in that way that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. It, and it does. And I think we do share it. We share it. We have different ways of talking about it. One time I had a nightmare. I was in an elevator, and the elevator was plunging down. And it was just without thinking about it, everything in my body was reaching out calling out for help 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 me yes <laughs> and I think at, when it comes to those moments we all call out for help it's sort of a I think it's a doorway sure. into what you're saying as far as not answers but being able to sit with not knowing or stay yes. open to discovering uh, mm-hmm. and not and not rushing it sort of like I'm not what if I put myself in a position of I'm not the center of the universe and I'm open to uh, suggestions, <laughs> I guess <laughs> Right?
0: Absolutely Because <sighs> I, I think that we are We humans are so much more than Our brains mm-hmm. I mean, in our society Culture today, thinking is, is Prized above all, and yet we are Our, uh, a greater Spiritual self, I in my In my belief, and I believe That there's, there's uh, sources Of information beyond what we can just Think through for ourselves, and that's why It is such a an instinct, a human instinct, to ask for
1: help. Mm-hmm. And then I know that you have said that there's this thanking that source of help or trusting that it'll work out. So is that does that is that the same right, step or that blurs? Or that's the next step.
0: That's that's my next step. Okay. Is once I put it out out into the ether, I'm asking for help. I I'm asking for answers. I'm asking for information. Then I absolutely entrust that this problem is. The, I entrust problems that are not mine to address, that I can't do anything about to the people whose soul work it is. Mm-hmm. There's 7 billion, more than 7 billion people on the planet now, and we are each instilled with our own soul work to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I flood them on a daily basis with gratitude. Okay. Everyone who is showing up to honor their, the callings of their own souls and especially those who never make the headlines. It seems like nothing is happening and nobody cares, and yet I know people care, and people are working, and people are are acting. And so it makes me feel so much more hopeful to flood them with gratitude and to think of the unsung heroes and to hold them in my thankfulness.
1: Well, it's also you've you've come up with this, you've customized this for yourself, but you've customized this this pause, the disrupting the tendency that we have to panic when we get overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. things that really uh, are important to us, but we're not sure what the answer is. Partly what you're recommending is, is recommending that people look for ways to build in some strategy that works for them to pause and like the news is never going to do this part this no. the, you, the gratitude <laughs> oh, yeah. for the people we don't get to see we don't get to hear about the police officers who de-escalate someone who's right. at, who's having trouble um, we will That's only exactly right that doesn't go viral <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. when we're when we're operating on our best game that doesn't make news unfortunately now so this is a perfect example of what I'm thinking about with these conversations is what am I gonna have to do instead of waiting? New waiting I can't wait for the news to change. I've gotta build <laughs> in a strategy or practice a strategy that becomes second nature to me, where I decide to remember the bigger picture is much more complicated than what sells ads and news.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then,
1: see, I knew we had stuff in common. So then, in your approach, what do you do next?
0: I come back to focusing on my breath. It, it just helps to move everything on through, if there's any residual. And and also just to bring me back into the present. And also to think of someone, something I love. It could be just a picture I have in my a wall of my son or my daughter or thinking of, you know, of of a particular tree that I love or a place in nature. And then when I walk out of this experience and back into the world, I feel like I'm bringing something of value and something important and something hopeful. And at the end of the day, that's ultimately what I, I want to bring into the world is a positive force for hopefulness and action and Mindfulness mm-hmm. and awareness and love for Earth.
1: It reminds me a little bit of you're describing a recharge, but recharge plus or recharge infused with the humanity, the love, uh, mm-hmm. empathy, warmth. It's not just. You know, what I run into a lot so much is per- the perception of what mindfulness or contemplation. And I'm with you. I really don't care about the terms. I'm really interested in these deeply human things that we all have the capacity for. Not everyone realizes that they could develop right. those capacities. Right. Um, but whatever we want to... be important. But... That's right. But there's something more than the perception of just... Breath as relaxation, or mindfulness as relaxation, it starts to look and sound to me like we're just promoting a kind of a numbing response, or a or a checking out, or taking a nap. And what you're describing, and what I try to advocate in my work, is so paradoxically not a nap. <laughs> it's yeah. not passive. It's actually deeply engaged but it's complicated right it's, it's what
0: it's it's a sort of work it's work
1: <laughs> it's it is work right and it's yeah. but it's like um part it of takes that work
0: discipline to get there and to and to sit with it and be with it
1: it takes discipline to not just give in to the autopilot whatever that is the uh, what instinctively the first impulse is to just uh, rage or so many things we all do but I also think there's an impulse to numb so what I think both of us are talking about is inviting the complexity of it and somehow being willing to be part of a solution even though we're not sure what that solution even is but but to engage in that right to engage in that uncertainty without wait. i think i don't want to wait for it to be certain or to be comfortable because i don't think that's how we get ourselves out of these messes i don't think certainty and comfort are how we we work our way out and i also something i love about the I don't know what would I call it, a theme or a message that's woven throughout your book is a reminder to continue recognizing the humanity of the people who we see as causing some of the problems, Uh, right? Mm -hmm. Is that fair? (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) I kind of skipped over that, but that's part of my trust and thanking process is to extend a word of gratitude for those that I deem responsible for the whatever travesty I see going on because but for that person acting out in this way that is so reprehensible to me I might not be roused to the point of this process this and taking action
1: Mm -hmm, I believe
0: that they play an essential role in rousing us to the urgings of our souls
1: well it's oh that's interesting because I'm always curious about the wise people from the dawn of time keep telling us to love our enemies to me, they're not saying, don't have any. <laughs> There's, at this stage in my life, what I hear is, keep recognizing the humanity you share with the people who are living in a way that is in opposition to your values or making your life difficult. When I imagine the well-being of someone, it's easy for me to care about. It feels great, but it's not, I don't feel it strengthening my heart or my compassion. And when I work with the... I guess I'm talking here about what's called loving kindness. I, I tend to call it friendliness practice. I have kind of my way of working with that. But when I work with those difficult or challenging people, and I remember that, okay, wait a second. They're trying to be safe and happy and healthy, and so am I. And what can I do in my own imagination to reconnect with? Even though I, it's hard for me to understand the logic of how they're connecting their behaviors with those basic human drives, that's really not for me to sort out. I just have to try right. to recognize all of us are trying to do this. I mean, I'm not nailing it. <laughs> so <laughs> can I soften up my expectation that they—that everyone else should be? And that's the difficult people, I agree that they can then motivate me to uh, take different risks or to be Energized enough to move in the direction Of trying to contribute to the solution I guess
0: And to connect with other people who are Equally outraged or incensed And say okay what can we do In a way that we would never be inspired to do But for this person Who is showing up uh, So I just keep saying this person is showing up And playing their part As if it's a, 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 a stage show They're playing the part It's an essential part for the rest of us
1: Uh huh to wake up to ours. Right. Yeah, that's fascinating. We need it's a messy thing. We need each other. We need all the parts, I think.
0: We need all the parts. Yeah. As much as we don't like them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I wanna like I want them, to get to the point where we can incorporate everybody back in and quit having this team, these like when your when your team converts to my team, we're gonna all be live happily ever after. I wanna get I think it's a new kind of place we're gonna have to figure out, but where we're all
0: or even just remembering how to have a conversation with somebody right. who holds opinions that are different than ours—it's exactly. become almost taboo.
1: <laughs> I think we're, aren't we aren't—we we got to be getting closer to that. I feel it. There's enough stirrings or beginning to talk about this more and more. I mm-hmm. I think we know we recognize that we're not sure how to get there, but I'm willing to have those conversations. Um, I think the numbers are growing. We'll see what happens. I have
0: people still who enlightened, thoughtful people who say. I don't know how you can stand talking to that person. Yeah. I I, I just, I just, I can't be, have people like that in my life.
1: I also think they're scared in that, I don't know, I've experienced it so many times again and again in my life, where those people, those difficult people, when you actually sit down to a meal, it can be very civil. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're just used to thinking that just because social media and Twitter and things have become so hostile, that. I don't think we've lost that ability. I just think we have fewer opportunities to do it. A couple things before we sign off. The One one question I have is what gives you the most hope right now? Is there something that's giving you hope about how the things that we can do as individuals that can kind of turn around some of these problems we've created for ourselves?
0: Greta Tenberg. That young woman, the, the Danish young woman, Greta, just look at how much attention she is getting, both positive and critical
1: as okay, right.
0: As anyone in the spotlight does and and what kind of action she has inspired around the world. I mean, I think just a year ago she was a schoolgirl sitting outside Parliament and and, and protesting right. that no one's doing anything on climate and look look at the change. Look That's at a- how much and not just change but how much how many uh young people have been energized That's right. the excitement to me that to see, you know, that's what I feel like we've been missing is just some momentum that we're seeing now since her action started catching the news and all the social media.
1: Yeah. It's like an invigoration, right? It's an energizing. And, and a, yeah, yeah. And I
0: don't mean to lay the work of the world onto one person. I mean, uh, you ask, where do I get hopefulness? I mean, just, just look at that and see if you're thinking, what could I do that would make a difference? Or one person can't make a difference. It's the billionaires and it's the yeah. uh, you know, oligarchs that are making decisions. It's like it could be as a, a schoolgirl. So what's yours?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. And then, and I guess in line with that, the last question I have, maybe it's a redundant, maybe I don't need this question, but I was going to ask you, what do you say to people who feel that the scope of the problem is too big for an individual to, to have an impact is there anything different besides what how you've just answered?
0: Well, read my book. <laughs> That's
1: the whole point. <laughs> That's the point of your book, isn't it? And I think I I want to uh, thank you for your willingness to share your inner workings. Like again, I, I I think the emotional pain you run into when you see the suffering of Absolutely. the planet, right, and that you're showing us at least how you found it helpful to navigate that without coming out. Uh, bitter on the other end and, and still having some hope about that so i think that is a that is a really powerful message and a powerful gift to people so i appreciate your willingness to do that i'm sure it took a lot of energy and emotion and time to to put that book out into the world
0: well thank you and i so appreciate you having me on this program i have enjoyed this conversation so much i hope we get to speak again
1: all right all right thank you so much cheryl take care thank you Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And I hope you'll look for Cheryl's book, Love Earth Now. To find out more about her work, you can visit loveearthnow.us. There you'll find her blog, her newsletter, and ways to stay in touch on Facebook and Twitter. Check out the show notes for links to these and other related resources. And thanks ahead of time for helping us spread the word about the art of attention. In addition to listening on wcbe.org through the WCBE podcast experience, You can also listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and even on the Insight Timer Meditation app. Let me know what you think about the podcast so far by emailing me at darren D-A-R-O-N at attentionalfitness.com. I also invite you to share your reactions and ideas on my Attentional Fitness Facebook page and on Twitter at Art of Attention. That's A-R-T-O-F-A-T-T-N. Until next time, let's don't wait for the world to get less distracting. It's never going to. I'd love to hear about the ways you're finding to exercise your attention right now.